The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless or be perfect. The Matthew chapter 5 verse 48, Therefore you shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. So I was saying that perfection is a process. So it's something we grow into it. You can't just begin and all of a sudden, everything about you is perfect. In other words, we're talking about perfection, we're talking about completeness. And it's only God who is perfect in all things, in all areas. By all standards, not by all standards of a human being, by the standard of God. He's the only one who is perfect. Hallelujah. Because the standard of human being into perfection is different from the standard of God's perfection. Because sometimes you think you are perfect in everything, but you realize that somebody will say you are not perfect. You are not complete. And I say perfection um, is important because it is something you don't end it. You continue, you continue, you continue. So it's a process. And I say growth is increased, developing, multiplying, and so on. And I was saying that lack of growth in anything, we look at it is that it's an abnormal thing, and we don't accept that. We don't accept it if your child or your baby, for one year the baby is still baby as it were, as he was born. And so we grow from one stage to the other, and that is getting into perfection. And God desires that we grow into perfection. It is not God's desire, or it's not his will that once we get to some level, then we stay there, he wants us to continue. And so I was talking about how we can grow into perfection in the gradual process. And the first thing we learned was continuous studies and practice of God's word. As we continue to study the word of God, we continue to practice the word of God, then we move from one state to the other. That means that we are growing. Our understanding of other things begins to change. And I quoted the scripture in James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, which we read. I'm not going back. And then the point number two was working wisely and making changes in our lives. And it's very important that we make, um, what do you call it? Changes. We make changes. We can't work wisely without making changes. If you are working wisely, then you make changes in your life. And I quote the scriptures in First Samuel chapter 18, verse 5. Psalm 90, verse 12. And then we came to point number three, setting higher standards for ourselves. We set higher standards for ourselves. If you don't set a standard for yourself and you just want to be where you are, you can't grow into completeness or into perfection. 
And I quoted Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, where Paul was talking about the Father. It is not that he has attained everything or he's already perfected. I'm not complete, but he said he pressed on. He pressed on. So we continue on the point number four. Now, as you grow, you put all these things in place. And I said last week that what I'm talking about is not one step that you have to do this one first and second and all that. But there are things that will help you to grow into perfection. The point number four is that purifying our thoughts. We purify our thoughts. And it's very important. That is working on your mind. On your mind. Working on your mind, doing something about your understanding is very important. If you are going to make changes in your life, for me, I believe one of the important things that you have to do or changes you have to make is your mind. That means your understanding of things must change. The way you perceive things must change because you can grow into perfection when your mind is set up or you have a set up mind that this is how always things ought to be. No. It's going to be difficult for you to grow. If you think that, oh, when I was in my village, I used to do this, I used to do this. So I have come to the city, and the same way I was living in the village, I should live the same way in the city. It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you. You can't live in Ghana by the laws of the nation, and when you go to Togo, or you go to any different country, you want to still... Don't want to change your mind. You want to live the way you live over. You live in Ghana, in that country. What is going to happen to you? You are going to, I mean, go against almost every law of that state, and then that is going to happen. That is going to mean that you are not going to become successful. You have yourself to be blamed. So many problems are going to happen to you. And so, in Christianity, if you want to grow, you want to get into God's light more and more. To get into perfection, understanding God and other things, you learn to drop certain things from your mind. And that's what I call purifying the mind. You work on the mind. You work on the mind. You work on the mind. You can't get into perfection whilst your mind is still intact. In the sense of the way you understand things, the same way it should continue. And sometimes that is why we don't grow as Christians. Because what happens is that you, 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 you live as an unbeliever. You do things the way you have to do over there. You become a Christian and you still want to live like that. It is just bringing one kingdom into another kingdom. Which is not going to work. The principles that you live in the world. The principles of the world is not the same as the principles in the kingdom of God. For instance, when you talk about giving, the world will tell you the more you say, the more you are blessed. The more you say, the more you get money. But in the principle of God, it is not how much you save that makes you blessed. It is how much you do what? You give. Because Bible says that a liberal hand shall make what? Fact. So, you don't carry things, and before you can change from saving into giving, it has to do with the mind. 
as you preach, you hear the word of God being preached to you, you have to decide that this is God's word, and so I'm going to go by the word of God. You may struggle, which we all do. When the word of God comes to us, we all struggle with it. And that is why sometimes you find it that um, your heart is ready, but the mind is struggling with it. Oh, it can be done. You can make it. And then the mind is, no, 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 it's not possible. And so you are a little bit confused. And when things that concern the spirit comes to you, you have to receive them. But the mind has a problem. The spirit man has no problem with the word of God. It is the mind. And so we learn to purify the mind. We change the mind. We change our mindset. We change how we take things. We change how we look at things. We change how we want to understand things. Me, I understand it this way. This is how I see it. Without looking at the word of God, then you are not going to grow into perfection. Because you must move according to what your heart and your mind is telling you. As a matter of fact, the reason why sometimes you get so much angry and you want to kill somebody is because your mind receives it and your mind cannot ha- handle it and then it gets to the heart and the heart acts. Before you realize you are behaving the way you don't want to. And people do things when they are angry Afterwards, then they say, oh, your bronzam. Amen. But if you could have taken your time and listened to what the person is saying, not to just look at it from different angle in your own perspective and you just keep cool, maybe a word of the whole statement of that conversation, you will understand it. It would have helped you to maybe not get so much angry to that level. Our mind has a whole lot of influence on our behavior. You can't move. You can't do the things you ought to do if the mind is not ready to understand. Brothers and said, the mind has a way of telling you to do this and do that. If you receive something in the mind and that's how you understand it, that is how you are going to move. You are going to move in the direction of the understanding of your mind. Those of us who work in the corporate world, it happens to us. That is why I know many big institutions and good institutions who want resource. When you go to work or they employ you, they don't let you just start work. They do what we call orientation or some kind of training. What is the purpose for the training or the orientation? The purpose for the training and the orientation is that you understand the concept of that institution so that what they want, you will be able to follow it. You can't just say that I'm working at a bank and so after bank, this is how we do it and then um, VRA employs you, and the VRA is, oh, he has worked in the bank before, so let's leave him, let him do whatever he wants to do. It's not going to work. You're going to mess up their things for them. And so they want you to calm down so that they would 
sort of change certain few things in the mind. Let you understand, well, in the bank sector, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Maybe you may be an HR, maybe you may be a, what do you call, manager or whatever. But in the VRA, this is our administration. And this is how you ought to do it. Because we want to do, get a certain resource. And by getting that result, we have to go in this direction. If you don't understand that point, then you are not going to fit in the work. You are always going to have a problem with your supervisor or whoever is in charge of your life. Or the ministry or what the department. And so, the mind as a Christian is very important. If you don't purify your mind, you don't, you don't work on your mind as a Christian, what we call perfection, even growth in the law, spiritually, mental, whatever it is, brothers and sisters, you will serve God for 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, all the days of your life and remain where you are. And that comes with determination. You will need to determine and say to yourself, I have to work on my mind. I have to understand it. And that is why when you are reading the word of God, we always advise, just take time and pray and say, God, help me to understand. In that case, you have brought your mind and your understanding under the control of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will teach you. And when the Holy Spirit is giving you an information, you find it easy to receive it. But what do we see? Charismatic Christians, Pentecostals, we believe the word of God, we believe prayer, we believe in so many things. But then when it comes to those points, no, 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 the word is coming, no, 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 me, I don't care what they are saying. I don't care what the pastor is saying. I don't care what, even though the Bible says that, it doesn't mean the Bible is a prayer, you know, they are all, sometimes they are parables, you know, you need to understand. Everybody understands the way, that, that is your mind. You know, the moment you begin to do all this analysis and giving a counter, counter understanding on all those things, you are just telling God and his word that me, I'm not changing my mind. I'm not going to take what you, God you are saying. And let me just give you this information. You can't have the word of God sink into your heart without first going through here. That's the truth. You use the intellectual, the understanding, the brain to receive and allow it to absorb, your heart to absorb. And when your heart absorbs it, once it has correspond with the mind, since it is in your heart, you'll be able to act on it. But if you receive it in the mind alone and you don't allow it to get in, you don't assimilate the thing inside your spirit, you are not going to practice it. And that is why sometimes, as I said, we can hear the word of God today. Just in the spirit of movement, we just get, go out there. But the next five minutes, you ask, the, what did the pastor preach? Oh, pastor was preaching on something. Wow, what, 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 what. Ah, yes, growth in perfection. So what did he say? Oh, I think he, I heard he was saying, you heard. He was saying some few, few things like, you know, you have to purify your mind and all those things. That, that, that is what he was saying. But I don't know. I, 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 that is what I heard. The next five minutes after service, no assimilation. You didn't assimilate that thing. It didn't got into the heart. And so the mind just get it, and that is it. And that's what Jesus talked about, about the parable of the sower. 
Once you spread the gospel, the best may come around. Some may fall on the stony ground. Some may fall on the on, 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 on thorny places. And some will fall on the good ground. People who learn to sit in God's presence and take their time to receive as it's coming, he get it to the mind, receive it into the heart. Assimilate it, assimilate it, assimilate it. Are the people that bear more fruit. But if you just receive it in the mind and just leave it, no. Because there are so many battles that go through your mind. And sometimes it even affects your heart. Amen. And don't let us forget that the mind and the heart, they work in collaboration. And so you cannot just leave it as it is. So the Bible talks about it. So we need to learn to purify our minds so that we can grow into perfection. The things you think they are not good, you learn to drop them from your mind. Paul says something in the book of Romans. He said that the things that I wish to do, I'm not able to do what? To do them. But that which I don't want to do, that is what I find something in my body always pushing me to do that thing. So what is the problem? You may decide, I want to go in this direction, but if you don't allow the Spirit of God to help you to affect your heart and make sure you move on that dire- in that direction, you are going to miss it. So we need to work on our mind. And the book of Proverbs says something. In chapter 23, verse 7, he says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And look at what follows. Very interesting. He says, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. I know many of us have heard this scripture. He says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, the way I'm thinking gets into my heart. That is how I am. That is how I behave. That is how I move. That is how I talk. And that is why most people who work in psychology and other things, they say that even your talking let us know who you are. And Bible is saying that as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So the way you are thinking and your heart accepts it, that is how you are going to act. That is why you are going to behave. That is how you are going to do whatever you want to do. That is your understanding. That is how you see things. And that is why all human beings don't see one thing at the same time. What you are seeing, somebody may not see it that way at that particular time. But he goes on to say something. He says that, he, say, he says that, eat and what? Drink. He says to you. So the person who is thinking the way he's going to behave and all that, he will tell you eat and drink, but his heart is not what? With you. So here we see two things happening. The mind is saying something, but the heart may decide another thing. No assimilation, no coordination, no ready to act. So if I'm saying that, oh, don't worry, just eat and drink. 
and it's not something from my heart, definitely, I'm just lying. I'm just lying. Either I'm trying to trap you or something. Are you understand what I'm talking about? Because I'm telling you, oh, just eat and drink. But my heart is not with me. Oh, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. I'll just tell him this, but I know. And we do it always. All the time. All the time. And that is what I'm trying to let you understand how the word of God works through us and works with us. Receiving it in your mind, the heart doesn't receive it, and they don't agree on that subject or that issue or that principle of the word of God is not going to have any effect. So you will say, oh, I understand it. Like I said last week Sunday, mental ascent. Mental ascent. Just, oh, yes, I know. So, because some of us have studied what we call religion in the secondary school. Religious studies those days. Today they are put all together. They say, well, is this social studies or something, something. And they learn small, small hitting things in here. Those of us who are learning all religious studies, people can quote. Sometimes you sit down, your, your, your teacher is teaching you, and you are telling your teacher, oh, but the Bible said, oh, forget about that one. It's a matter of reading. Oh, sir, what does it mean by this thing? No, no, we are just reading. It's a religion. Let's read it. Let's study and so you come to a point that all I need to do with the Bible is that read, study, or maybe chew, go and write the exams, pour them out, and do what? Forget. It has nothing to do with application. And application always comes when the heart has received it and is working. If the word of God doesn't get to the heart, has a very flow and good access to the heart, from the mind to the heart, and the heart agree. Effectiveness in your life is minimal. So we need to learn how to let the heart, the mind be very pure. Clean it well. Work on it well. As you receive it, you will see things fighting with it in the mind. But you still need to Keep it. You still need to keep it. And the devil is working seriously on our minds. And makes us become um, forgetful hearers. Which James makes us understand that when we do that, then we are deceiving ourselves. So it's like always we are in deception. We live in deception. Me, I'm a Christian. I live, I know the word of God. And I can pray. And I can preach. Let them give me the pulpit. When I stand there, I can. Yes, it's a deception. And so you talk like that. And then one day, not even the pastor, your leader just tell you, oh, you go to a meeting. And so, and the leader of Mr. Vosi say, oh, uh, today, um, pray with us and share. Just even pray with us becomes, oh, hey, hey, hey. You deceive yourself. Just that 10 people. Just pray for us becomes a problem. 
How many of us have not gone to covenant family meetings and the leader all of a sudden doesn't tell you anything? And then you say, oh, today lead us um, some short prayer and worship. Hey, oh, brah. Oh, and, uh, hey, me. But when you were outside, you were boasting. So what, what, what is the problem? What is the difference? What is happening? It means that the man is always receiving it. And the man is always telling you, oh, you can make it. You can make it. You can make it. But because you have not allowed the heart to receive it for the whole body and the life itself to work towards it, it becomes difficult for you. Amen. That is why even those of us who have preached for laundering, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And look at what follows. Which is what? Your spiritual service. It, it, it's not spiritual. Which is what? Your reasonable. And reasoning has to do with the mind. Reasoning has to do with the mind. Which is your reasonable service. So in other words, as we present ourselves as a living sacrifice, as holy, if you can present as a living sacrifice, a holy which is acceptable unto God, there must be a proper reasoning. You must say to yourself, I reason, I understand, I want to live this life. I want to present my body. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this for God. Then Bible says it will be a reasonable word, service. Because you have thought about it. So it's not the issue of just saying that, oh, they say, oh, they want usher. So, eh, usher. Okay, I just want to go and join it. It's not that like that. Sit down, reason. I want to do that service unto the Lord. I want to do that service unto the Lord. Then God will help you. And that's why sometimes we say confession is important. Because the more you confess it and confess it and say it and say it from your mind, from your mouth, because your mind has received it, it gradually gets into you and becomes part of you. And then you realize that you are moving towards that direction. So living a holy life is not just easily spiritual. No. The mind must be ready for that. The mind must be ready for that. Giving God an acceptable service, the mind must be ready for that. The mind should be ready. The mind should decide. I want to give God a good worship. If you go to church on Sunday morning and say, today I will give God a good service. Oh, when we come here, nobody will tell you lift up your hand. You will lift up your hand yourself. Have you noticed that? When you are coming from the house and you say to yourself, oh, today I will worship God. Today I will praise God. And the master, nobody will instruct you to dance. Nobody will instruct you to just lift up your two hands. So our 
third challenge, which for me is very, very critical, is the mind. To grow into where God wants us to go to. The mind. The setup of the mind is important. Because other than that, you will still not worship God well. You will still not do anything for God. You will still not do, I mean, nothing. If you come to church and decide, I will just go to church. Me, I don't want trouble. I've been to places where when I was active, I had a whole lot of problems. So this place, me, I will just come to my church. And when I finish, I will go. No amount of prayer I will pray. No amount of preaching I will preach about getting involved in the church will change your mind. But the day you will drop that thing and say, oh, I will serve the Lord. Whatever God lays up on my heart, in my mind, I will do it for him. Trust me, you will rush what you cannot do or what you are not able to do. What even you don't want to do for the Lord in the house of God, you will do it. You will do it. A lot of people are in the church, they are not doing anything because of the mind. Oh, me, I'm going away. Oh, this job is my job. Oh, this one. Oh, no, 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 me. Oh, these people. Oh, no, this group, they are problem. And this one, uh, it's just the mind. The Bible says, as we want to live a holy life, we want to do that which is good unto the Lord. In our service, the mind should be tackled. The day you clear from your mind that I can. Serve the Lord, and now I'm ready to do anything for the Lord. You will know where you should serve the Lord in the area of department. Definitely. Definitely. Amen. I remember those days we used to talk about something we call mental release mental release if you come into church this morning and somebody just met you in the morning right when you are ready to move out with your bible and the person says oh sister or brother i was just coming to see you and you are oh yes i'm going to church anything oh it's not anything i don't know there is something i want to give to you what is it? And then the person gives you an envelope. Oh, what is it? Oh, don't worry. So, bye-bye. And all you will say is that God bless you. When you say God bless you, you don't know whether it's a letter of damage. Um, you don't know. You are in between the thing. What do I do? So, your thank you or God bless you is minimal. But if the person turns around, the person is on his way going, and you'll be tempted because you'll be curious. Even though you are coming to church, you'll be curious. Then when you open it and you see cash in the envelope, that day when you, you, this morning your worship would have been changed. People you've not smiled to, you will smile to this morning. You will feel very high. Oh, hello, hi, hi, how are you? Hello. Just, just like that. I call that mental release. Your mind has been released. And once the mind is released, trust me, hey, you will give God proper worship. So, you see, the mind has a whole lot of things to box us. Not even to worship God well. 
And that's the reason why the devil is also always attacking our mind. Making sure that you are always confused. Putting pressures on you. Putting situations on your mind. And so you are always tense. And once the mind is full, worship to God, service to God, the things you do for God will become so minimal. Because you will not know the profit in that. And when you are doing it, you do it anyway, anyhow. Anyway, anyhow. Tell your neighbor, clear your mind. <laughs> so you can serve God well. Hallelujah. And one of the things to do to clear your mind is learn to sing praises to God. Amen. Okay, verse 2 says that, And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. By what? Renewing of your mind. And it goes on to say, when you renew your mind, what happened? He said, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he said that when you present your mind and give God a reasonable, which is a reasonable, then don't be conformed. Don't let the worldly things, don't let the things that are not good get into, the, into your life, but then be transformed. And he said the way we can be transformed is by renewing this mind. As I said, orientation and training. But in the church, we can't do everything, everyday orientation for you. Our orientation, which we need to do every morning, is through the word of God. God gives us orientation anytime we take his word. He gives us training anytime we take his word. And that is why it's important for every Christian, every morning, you try to read a verse of scripture into your mind. Because once that thing comes there, God has given you orientation. He has set the mind straight. You woke up in the morning, you feel dull, you are, there are so many questions in your mind. How am I going to go to work? How am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to face this challenge? And once you read the word of God, then the word will come to you. He said, no weapon, no weapon formed against you that will prosper. Any tongue that rise up against you in judgment, that shall condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of music. Wow, God has oriented your mind. Then you are growing. Then you are growing. Because without orientation, we will be continuing going where we are going. Going. You will go like that. You will come to church. You will serve the Lord. You will give your offerings. You will give fresh fruit. You will give, I mean, when we raise funds, you can give the whole amount. If your mind is not oriented, it's multiplied by zero. I will tell you the truth. Sometimes I teach like this and preach like that. People say, hey, Pastor, people will not give. Mm? Let me tell you the truth. It's the word of God. That is the truth. That is the truth. But if your heart is with it, the blessings will follow. Doors will open unto you. Things will change. So you will, you will stop complaining. Hey, now I've given her, uh, and I've done this, uh, and I'm not seeing this. Uh, and the Bible said this, because you are operating for mental ascent, you won't see the profit. 
So when you read in your mind, then you will be able to prove what is good and acceptable. Until then, there are things we do in the church, you will never participate in it. Until then, you can't see good things in the things that we do. Until then, you will not even see the good thing. You can't prove what is good in studying the word of God. You can't prove what is good in reading the word of God. You can't prove what is good every time we come here preaching. Every time we... What do you want me to do before we do what we have to do? Tell me. Hey, after this pastor, even simple meeting, he will start with the word of God. What do you want me to do before? I know one country which is declared as a Muslim country. And those days, this leader took power. And it was a struggling. And what the leader did was that he did it very simple. And it worked for him. Before he was going to, any time he's about to talk, he take the Quran, quote a scripture from the Quran, read it to the nation. After that, he gives his word, and the people follow. Eventually, everything come now. And as I'm speaking, he's still the head of state. Ask yourself, what makes somebody think that he can become a suicide bomber? Because they pick the Quran, sit you down, or rent you, make you understand, if you do it and do it and do it and do this way, you become a martyr. And the person accepted. Unfortunately, in Christianity, when we take the word of God and we are saying even the right thing, which will even bring a blessing to us, we refuse to accept it. But people are using certain things in other way to destroy things. Go and think about it. Proving what is good and the perfect will of God. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things that are true, whatever things that are noble, whatever things that are just, whatever things that are pure, whatever things that are lovely, whatever things that are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The old King James says, think about these things. Think about them. So whatever that is true, whatever that is noble, whatever that is just, whatever that is pure, whatever that is lovely, whatever that is of good report, these are the things you should think about. That is how you arrange the mind. That is why you purify the mind. You don't purify your mind always taking a torchlight and searching for evil and your mind is full of evil. You don't purify. You are destroying your mind. You are polluting your mind and you cannot grow. You cannot increase. You cannot get into perfection. The blessings of God you cannot get into death because the mind is focused on evil. It's polluted. It's corrupt. And for that matter, it will block the blessings of God into perfection. Think about these things. If there's anything you need to meditate, meditate on the good things. Meditate on the good things. 
Stop thinking about bad things and evil things. Meditate on good things. That is your reasonable service. I don't have time to meditate on evil things. I have so many things to think about. There's no space for evil things in my mind. It may drop. It doesn't mean it doesn't come. It may drop, but I will deal with it. That is how you grow. But if you're going to hold on to that evil thinking and everything is, hey, what is happening? Hey, what's up? What is going on now? Hey, I saw there was a fight or something. What is it? Tell me. That is all you've been doing. You are filling your mind with evil things. It's corrupt. And it will always block the word of God. Block the word of God. Block the word of God. Resist the word of God. Those things resist the word of God. That's the truth. That's why the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he said that bringing into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the word of God. Bringing into captivity. You have to bring the captivities. You have to bring it down. Bring the mind down. Bring those evil things down. Break them. Let them come to a point that they don't have any right in the mind. Because you know what? They saddles you. They keep you stagnant. They don't progress your life. That's why I mean, if you think evil about me, you are wasting your time. You are wasting your energy. You are wasting your serious energy. It will suck you. It will drain you. And, and stop doing those things. They don't help. They drain you. They drain you. If you think evil about people, they, it drains you. It drains you. Why don't you channel that energy into good things? Ask God. God, this can be good. This can be done. This can be done. So God, how am I going to get into that thing? That is what you should think about. But they are the good things. They are the just things. They are the good report. They are the true things. They are the pure things. That is what you must think about. And when you do that, you see yourself growing. You see yourself growing. You see yourself getting into a certain level. Perfection is coming in. Growth is coming into your life. And I love it. You see, if there be any virtue, virtue, virtue. And when we're talking about virtue, we're talking about valuable things. Something which is important. Something when you take it out. It distorts so many things. And if there's any praiseworthy, something we should be excited about, and praise God for that, hey, it's a good things. Good things. You don't just hear somebody getting it. Oh, I said it. <laughs> I said it. And you, you are just, you know, 
You have dreams about it. I said it. You should fail that one. You should rather fail it. Than no. Even though he made a mistake, no. God have mercy. But once you praise that thing, the question I have to ask is that, will you pray for that person? Will you wish that person would come out? That is why Christianity is the most vulnerable thing. Because in our camp, if a soldier is wounded, we will kill him to die. Instead of we picking the soldier, taking him somewhere, dressing the wound, taking care of his wound, make sure the soldier stands up again. Oh, you are wounded. Crush it. We wound him the more. And if possible, we shoot the person. Oh! Charlie, let's go. He can't continue. Who gave you the authority and who told you he cannot continue? Do you watch war movies? You see how the soldiers behave? The soldier is wounded. They don't easily leave the soldier. They try. Some of them, even if the enemy is coming to them, they will try, talk. If they can pick the person, they will pick the person. Carry the person. And go with the person. But not Christianity. But we say, if there's any praiseworthy, that is what you should think about. Things that bring glory. Be excited with them. Hallelujah. The next point I want to talk about is that growing into perfection, we are also going to learn to endure during the process. Because it's a process, there are so many challenges. You will have challenges. You have pains. You have troubles. So many things are going to come on your way. But you learn to endure. Why? Because you have a goal. You want to get to somewhere. And it's not easy to start from somewhere and get to somewhere. Whether in business, finances, whatever you do in this life. Before you get to the end or achieve your aim, there is a process. And once it's a process... Challenges are there. Pains will come. Obstacles will come. Things that you don't like will come. Things you have not thought about them, they will all come. I mean, I don't care how good person you are in terms of planning. You can plan, you can put all contingencies and other things in place. But there are certain things you may not be able to plan for them. They will come. And when they come, you learn to endure. You learn to endure. And that is one thing we are not able to go through. Because sometimes we find it very difficult to endure. Oh, me, I'm tired. Me, I can't do it. Me, let me leave it. No! 
God wants us to endure so that we can reach that level. Because it will not come by easy. Paul says something, work out your own salvation with what? Fear and what? Trembling. You work it out. We work it out. In other words, as a Christian, just make sure you become strong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he says something. He said, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So what is Paul talking about? The Bible is saying that if you don't learn to discipline yourself and bring yourself under subjection, under control, you may become a signboard. And I know in the last day, many of us will become signboards. Especially pastors. We call ourselves pastors. We are directing the people. And in this present where we live, not only, not only, I don't want to go even outside Ghana, only in Ghana here. I know many of us will become signboard. You know what I mean by signboard? If you don't know how, how to get here, sometimes you tell people, when you get to the junction, you will see there's a signboard there. You see, you see ICGs, internationals. Oh, okay. And the person will follow. The person gets here, he sees another sign. And then the person follow, and the person come here. But the signboard that is giving the person direction to get here, the person got here, but the signboard is still where it is. And it will be there. Till it get uh, into bad state, then we change it. And when we change it, it will not walk to this place. It will still be there. And so, in Christianity, that is how it is. If we don't learn to read ourselves, bring some discipline to ourselves, learn to endure on certain things, through certain things, going through certain things, then we will be taking our Bibles, we will come to church, we will do all that we have to do at the end of the day, like Jesus said, I will say to you, I will say to you, I never knew you. So you ask, all this while I'm going to church, Jesus, what was I doing? Hallelujah. But I believe none of us want to do that. We don't want to come to that point in the last days. We don't want to come to that stage. Even our commitment to church is very important. We don't want to come to that point. Let's bring our body under subjection. Things may be difficult, we will learn to go through them. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So through the spirit, we bring down things that disturbs us, that worries us, we bring them down. You read the book of Hebrews, it says that, let us lay aside every weight, every weight. Why? Because there are great witnesses. People are witnessing, people are looking, and people are cheering you up and telling you that 
go ahead, you can make it. Go ahead, you can make it. We went through you too, you can make it. You may not see them telling you, but go ahead, you can make it. I sometimes feel that God, when we are getting get, giving up, God will say, no, my son, I know you can make it. Just go ahead. A little while, the, the, the door is open. A little while, you will break through. You are just about to end. And you say, God, God, no, 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 no. I come here, I'm tired. But God is always sharing us up. A whole host are always sharing us up. Maybe, maybe, that is my Johnson. Because the Hebrews say that a great witness is, and who are the great witnesses? You may be alone. You alone knows what you are going through. But Bible says that it's a great witness. Nobody knows you at that corner. Nobody knows what you are going through. If God doesn't reveal to me what you are going through, I can't just say it. You alone know what you're going through. But Bible says that great witnesses. Sometimes makes me think that even the saints that, that, that have gone ahead of us, who have gone through life, who have gone through persecution, who have gone through trouble, and heard the word of God to this time, when we are giving up, they are just saying, just go ahead. You can make it. We went through it, and we have made it, so you can make it. That's what I'm talking about. Learning to endure during the process. It's not easy. It's not easy. But learn to endure. Learn to endure. We know the challenges. We know what we're going through. It happens to us all. But still, when you listen to inside of you, the Spirit of God is telling you, you can make it. That's what the Bible says, living by the Spirit. Then you'll be able to live that life. The last of all, let me just give the last point and close. Determination to achieve the desired standard of God. We need to come to a point of determining that there is a standard and the standard we set is the standard of God. And because we have the standard of God, we need determination to get there. Because you're going to go through so many things and you learn to endure, you can never endure through circumstances without determination. Determination is the power that makes you defy all the odds. So you get that thing in you and say to yourself, I will do this. I have a standard of God and I'm going to get to that thing. I've not gotten to that place. It's not easy. It's difficult, but you need determination. And I'm just going to give you a scripture. In the book of Daniel, talking about when... The Jews were in captivity, were taken into Babylon. And then um, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, wanted to get some special people to stand before him. Um, to be trained, to be wise people and all that. And Bible said that they found Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They gave different names. Um, Bezizah, Hananah, Azariah, and then the last one I've forgotten. Yes, Michelle. So, I mean, he, they gave them different and Babylonian names. So that they can stand before the king. And the king said, because I want to train you, I want you to eat a special food. And they call it the king's delicacies. Very good food. The, the food that the king is, he wants you to eat so that intellectually you will grow. 
Your mind will grow. You will look fresh so that when you stand before the king, they say, yes, this is the person. And that's why even chiefs and big empires, they train people to stand before them. You can't just stand before the queen of um, England and just be walking anyway, anyhow, and wearing any dress and talking anyhow. No, you need to be trained. And so they gave them food. And Bible said that Daniel said to the chief of the Enoch, who is in charge of them, please, I don't want to eat this food. This is from the idol. This is bad. This is not of God. I have a standard of God. And so I'm not going to do it. And Daniel says something in chapter 1 verse 8. I'm just giving a story. I want us to go fast. But Daniel purposed. The word purposed there means determined. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defy himself with the portion of the king's word. Delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the inners that he might not defy himself. So it's a purpose. He determined, he said to the person, Please, I'm not going to take this food. I have a standard. I'm not going to spoil myself. I have a God that I serve, and I'm not going to bring that God down. And so, I will not defy myself with it. And the, the guy said, what should we do? He said, oh, you just give us vegetables. There are cheese here. There are chickens. And what do you call Sausage. And what do you call Fried rice. French fried rice. And all kinds of food all over. But we don't want it. We don't want it. They are very nice. Attractive to the eyes. Very good. But we want to do it. And sometimes some of us, that is what we cannot do. You go to a party, somebody invites you to a party, and you see the wine, the way people are drinking and they are excited, and you tell them, oh, me, I don't drink wine. Oh, there's a wine there. Wine there, alcohol, woman, alcohol, just 5% to pet. 5% to pet. Oh, give, can you please just give me soft drink? You need soft drink. You need soft drink. Don't know my judge. Instead of requesting for water, you will not ask for water. You look at the way they are drinking. They are so excited. They are drinking. They are so excited. Even appetizing. Some people can drink and their face will look very straight. Very nice. So you think, oh, this, it doesn't matter. But when you say, no, no, oh, that's all no, you're fine. Because when I was an unbeliever, when I take a petition, you will not know that I took a petition. It's like I'm taking water. My face will be clean. I don't drink a petition like people. No, 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 my face is straight. Just take it straight. Put the glass down. But some of them, they're taking it, and you are there, you are taking it. Mm. Ah, yeah. See? So you look at the wine and all those things they are trying to convince you. Oh, me, I don't take Oh, you taste it. Oh, yeah, oh, you taste it. Oh, okay, let me try it and see. Don't try it and see. Hallelujah. Daniel purpose, he determined, he said, no. I don't care how 
how nutritious they are. I don't care how they look pleasantly in the eyes. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 1, he said that, he said, don't look at the beauty and the charming face of the wine and take it. Because when you look at the wine, the face, hey, the redness of the wine, when it's in the glass, no babosa no one, no shesan wire corn one. But we say, don't look at the face of it. So Daniel said, I'm not going to look at all this beautiful, nutritious, and all this. All I need, give me vegetables. And we will drink. We will take it. And the man said, no, 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 no. If I do that, and at the end of your time, if the king calls you and come, and then they call the four of you, and they see that, no, you are not worthy to stand before him, I will be in trouble. Daniel said, Try us only for some few days. And let's see what God would do. Just give God some few times. Some few minutes. Some few days. Some few years. And see how he would turn your life around. Sometimes when the situation is so pressing. So pressing. We forget to give God a time. We forget to just give him some few chance. It's not a God that will fail. Verse 19 and 20 said, So they gave him some time and they ate it. And then after that three days, the man looked at them and said, Wow, you are looking beautiful. So I will continue. They ate it. Now let's conclude it. Verse 19 and 20 says something. He said, Then the king interviewed them. And among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azaria. Therefore, they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better. Ten times better. Than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Somebody had delicacies. He was zero. Somebody had just simple vegetables. And he became ten times better. May the Lord make you ten times better. As you raise that standard and you say to yourself, God, I will go to that standard. I am pursuing that standard. The Lord will make you ten times better than your people. God will make you ten times better than your colleagues. God will make you ten times better than people that think that you be amount up to nothing. You will become ten times better in money, in riches, in wealth, in everything as you decide to grow into perfection. That is the God that we serve. All will come by your determination. When you decide in your mind and inside in your heart, Lord, I will do this. I will follow you. I will go by your principle. I will go by that. God will make you ten times better. In the beginning, it will look as if you are useless. You are becoming poor. But God will turn things around. He will turn the face of the thing. He will turn things around. He will move things and shake things so that you become ten times better. 
Bible says they were 10 times better than even the magicians, astrologers, and in all wisdom and understanding. May the Lord make you 10 times better in everything. In Jesus' name, amen.